I was more connected with myself and I could feel and experience and actually receive the love from him instead of experiencing his giving as a means of extracting from me. Uh, even though that one can be very, very subtle, right? It can be very sneaky. And I started to want sex a lot more. <laughs> so I was to, just wanted it all the time. And one of the stories that I had too beginning my practice was, well, if I'm doing this to myself, then I'm never going to want it with him because I'm going to be satisfied. But it was literally the opposite because the feminine is insatiable, right? Like we just, we're meant to be just ever expanding. And so that there's no end to that. And pleasure begets more pleasure. Welcome to the Feminine Frequency. I'm your host, Amy Natalie, women's empowerment coach, feminine embodiment guide, and creator of the Feminine Codes. This podcast is designed to awaken your feminine energy, elevate your frequency, and empower your mindset. We cover everything from increasing your confidence, trusting your intuition, deepening intimacy in your relationships, and magnetizing abundance into your life. Each week, you'll receive a new episode filled with feminine wisdom and inspiration to remind you of the magic that already lives inside of you. Ready to dive in? Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to this guest episode with my guest, Lucy Lampy, where we talk all things awakening erotic aliveness through self-pleasure. This is a juicy one. And Lucy, I've been following her for a really long time online, and somehow she came into my space and I found out that she's going to be a guest on the show. And I'm really excited to share her teachings with you because they have been really impactful for me. And I really admire the work that she does in the world. So Lucy Lampy is a mom of four. She is a trauma-informed sex and relationship coach, award-winning singer and songwriter, commercial actress and print model, and a three-time author. Her writing has been featured on the Huffington Post, Forbes, Entrepreneur.com, CBS, and Fox. After overcoming an autoimmune disorder and embarking on a deep healing journey, and spiritual awakening during her husband's two-year disability and depression, Lucy returns with a bold message of love, courage, and freedom. Musically, she boasts a hooking pop sound with soulful, heartfelt vocals. Think The Weeknd meets Christina and Shakira. And professionally, she draws upon her studies and certifications in neurolinguistic programming, somatic experiencing, cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnotherapy, Reiki, counseling, EFT tapping, and her degree in exercise science to create unique, powerful programs and curriculum for her clients and her members. This woman is a powerhouse and she is such a beautiful soul. So I know you're going to receive so much value and wisdom from this conversation. And as you're listening, if you are feeling lit up and turned on and inspired, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. I always love resharing and connecting with my listeners over there. And lastly, if you have not yet downloaded my free gift that I created for you, the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, you can find that through the link in the show notes by scrolling down and 
With that ritual, you get a 20-minute audio guide to support you in connecting with your feminine energy and to feel empowered as you start your day. So head on over to the show notes to find that free resource and enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the other side. Hello, Lucy, and welcome to the Feminine Frequency. I am so grateful and happy to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here, and just the timing of everything is incredible. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to speak more about that, the timing? I know you just got back from a trip and curious to hear, yeah, what feels alive for you right now and like in being here in this conversation at this timing. Oh my God, it is. I. The biggest thing was really bringing the mat, like just an awakening of even more magic and remembrance. And it's beyond healing. Like there was so much ancestral connection and all of that, you know, healing and, and connection. But ultimately it's bringing all of this back home and, and realizing that like it's always, it's really always with me. I went back to um, my, my home country of Peru and it was my first time in 27 years. And for the first time, I got to visit the more of the, the countryside and the ancient, ancient sites. I went to Machu Picchu and the Sacred Valley and a lot of places in a short time. And so many things are just sinking in. And I feel so like overwhelmed with gratitude. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I'm just bringing this back to my family. And my husband is finishing up a 40 day fast. And so to have left him home with the four kids was a major leap of faith because, you know, he's feeling very, um, like just moving slowly. So anyway, and there's, there's a lot of incredible things shifting, awakening, happening. Yeah. yeah. Feels good. Yeah. The magic just continues unfolding, right? It's like this ongoing journey of peeling back the layers and doing the deeper healing and connecting with the magic, like you said, that's already inside of you. And yeah, the the realm of your work and the importance of it, of, you know, really, really the the deeper trauma healing as well as intimacy yes. work that you do with women and couples. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So before we talk about your work, I'd love to hear a little bit about your own journey of your own maybe sexual and spiritual awakening and what really guided you to be a teacher of this work. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Condensed version. (laughs) Or we could talk about this all day. Well, I guess we'll begin with, I grew up in a conservative evangelical Christian home and I think that says a lot already to to have to be where I'm at right now. There was a lot of deconstruction that had to happen, a lot of really con- making that connection between the spiritual and the sexual and seeing that they are one and the same. They are inseparable. And um, growing up with so much taboo and shame and repression, they kind of really set me up for this amazing liberation later on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what really began the awakening process was in 2015, my husband um, started to have these mysterious pains in his body and his nerves were just in chronic pain. He was in chronic pain, sharp pain. It was not going away. It was getting worse. And he would go. To, he went to all these VA specialists. He's a veteran and they couldn't figure it out. Um, 
gave him different drugs that would just make him feel dead inside and numb and emotionless. And so he said, I'm not going to do that. So it was very volatile emotionally, you know, period of time where he would go from being very uh, irritable and angry and just uh, rageful to depressed. And that lasted for about two and a half years. And we already had four kids at the time. Our youngest was just barely born. Actually, no, I was pregnant with him. I developed an autoimmune disorder during that time. There was so much stress in my body. And all of the things that we had relied upon, the concepts and the understanding of faith and love and truth at that time were just not working for us anymore. And we felt so alone and so isolated and so abandoned by the community that we supposedly had during that hard time. And um, I started to, I got to a point where I, I said, I cannot live like this anymore. So I have to either change something outside of me, which I had no control over, or something in me has to, has to change. So I began to get into alternative um, healing modalities and various teachings that I hadn't explored before simply because I was identifying at, with the Christian faith and I didn't want, you know, how that is. It's like, we're not supposed to do those things. And ultimately that led to a path of healing for both of us. So within that year, he started to explore outside of the box as well and began to do his trauma healing and emotional healing and liberation. And from there, a big part of the journey for me was inevitably exploring my sexuality and um, beginning to occupy my body in a way that I previously didn't think I had permission to. Um, a big part of that was dancing. Um, I started pole dancing. That was just in the past three years, though. And um, I started doing a self-pleasure practice, incredibly healing, and started getting more in tune with my cycles and, and doing my rituals and connecting with ancestors and things like that. So that has that has been, there have been a lot of steps in that journey, as you can imagine. But today, you know, we're at this place where we get to share that liberation and that healing and that truth and love with people. And it feels so good to just be, you know, it just, just feels so good living in this body. I feel so free. I feel the love yeah. overflowing. Yeah. I really want to commend you for that journey. I know that, you know, coming from a religious background and really facing all these taboos and, and the fear of you know, maybe being abandoned by your family or not belonging to, to your yes. family and to the religion that you grew up with and doing that with your husband and already having kids like, yeah, that sounds like a really, really courageous transformational journey that you've been on. And like you said, like really using your liberation, your sexual liberation, your spiritual liberation to now empower others on their journey. And so what was it like to occupy your body before you went through this awakening? I know you mentioned you, you developed an autoimmune condition, but even maybe yeah. before that, like, what did it feel like to occupy or were you even like aware of your body at that point? <laughs> that is such a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. <laughs> um, I usually have to kind of go there myself. So, well, for starters, I didn't have a lot of libido. As like very specifically, I felt like sex was a an obligation or something that was extracted from me, and that is I even had a very generous lover. You know, Ryan's always been very generous <laughs> in bed, but it was more like, oh, I need to do this for him, you know, just to keep him happy. So I didn't feel really, uh, I didn't feel that aliveness in my body 
it felt more like robotic, um, more mechanical. And even the, the whole mindset, as you probably are familiar, was more about what needs to be done, what logistically and rationally do I need to do, not, oh, what, what do I want in my heart? What does my body need? What am I feeling? And so I did feel um, very numb in a lot of ways. Internally, like let's talk about, you know, right, Yoni, Yoni-wise also, but also emotionally and really more concerned with being the good girl and especially the good Christian girl, uh, the good mom, the good wife, proper, not mm. too loud, not too much, but always not feeling enough at the same time. And with our older two daughters who are now 14 and 15, um, when they were little, I just don't remember feeling a lot. I did feel a lot of self-judgment and shame. <laughs> Those are two things I became very familiar with. And um, I, I thought, why am I not more nurturing naturally? Why don't I feel more things with them? Why can't I celebrate with them? Why can't I let them have feelings? Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of um, heavy heaviness inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that so many women can relate to that feeling of numbness or emptiness or just feeling disconnected from either their physical pleasure and their physical body and their emotional body, which are so deeply linked together, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you mentioned that you started to, you know, go through your own spiritual journey and look at these alternative ways and found this like link between the spiritual and the sexual. And you mentioned a self-pleasure practice. And so imagining that coming from this religious background where you probably had a lot of shame around sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me a little bit about that, that the beginnings of even having a self-pleasure practice. Cause I know in my life coming from a religious background as well, like I had so much shame even around self-pleasure, let alone oh, that totally. And it was all hidden and, and yeah, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Right. It was not right. enjoyable because there was so much shame on top of that. So, yeah, what was that like for you to start to explore your own pleasure with your body? So the idea, I had been meditating. I've been meditating for a long time. That's something that even within the the Christian faith was like, okay, uh, maybe it's okay to meditate, but it, it's still going to be about God, like this God, this version of God. But I had been meditating, and then I started to meditate in different ways and with different, you know, freedoms within that. And during one of my meditations, I felt this message that it was time to start self-pleasuring. I did not like this idea. <laughs> I refuse, I reject, I reject this idea. Where is this coming from? But you know, when you know, like there's that deep knowing that it says this, do this. Don't even question it. Just trust, trust that it's taking you to the places that you are meant to go. And so I started to do this practice. I did it every day. I still do it every day. Um, and it's been years now. And I started with just an intention of, I'm going to be here. And whatever happens, whatever comes up, so be it. So it was, even from the beginning, I knew deep down that it wasn't about just masturbating as quickly as possible. Because back then, and the only time that I would ever masturbate or that I would ever take out a vibrator or do anything like that outside of sex was if... Like maybe once, once every couple months, I would, I would just feel, you know, I didn't understand my cycle at the time, but really like right after the first five days of my cycle, and then the energy would return, the hormones are shifting. And I would feel like, Ooh, I think I want an orgasm today, you know? And, but that was very, that was once in a blue moon. 
Um, so when I started to do this practice, I really took my time. I made it from the start a conscious, we're going to be here present with my body. I met it, made it even um, very meditative itself. Like, well, what am I feeling? What am I not feeling? The thoughts and the stories and the, the judgment and the feelings of heaviness that I felt in my body, where my body has been storing that shame and that guilt and um, that fear, the fear of literally eternal damnation, right? If I make a wrong move, it, it gets so deeply internalized in our bodies, especially as women from the start, like Eve was the bad one, right? Like she's the one that messed up everything for us. All of these beliefs that I had been carrying around since my childhood began to come up within this practice. And this has been, this is one of the reasons that this practice just in and of itself has been so powerful in making and restoring this connection to the divine that is pure love. And to be able to experience this strong, beautiful, masculine energy within my practice, as well as reconnecting with this feminine essence that is in me. Um, I mean, there's just no, it's still my, my number one thing. I'm like, hey, if you want to, if you really want to go places in your practice, try this, try this up with your practice. Um, but that opened up a lot for me. And I hear from women all the time that are, you know, what they come from, my religious background, they get married, they do all the things they're supposed to do. And then they wonder, why don't I ever want sex? Why can't I have pleasure? Why can't I experience pleasure that I'm supposed to be feeling? I still feel so much shame. And so that was me. So I understand. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thank you for for sharing about that, you know, the exploration and the willingness to be with the discomfort of all the layers of shame and and emotions that and programming that you had to clear in order to to be connected to your pleasure and your aliveness. Yeah, there's a lot of un unlearning and deprogramming that has to happen both yeah. I feel like on a emotional and spiritual level, but also like you said, on a physical level, because that stuff gets stored in the body, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so as you started to explore your own self-pleasure practice, I'd love to hear how that started to impact your pleasure with your partner and what shifted for you as a couple because of that. Oh my God. Yes. So good. Oh, this is where it starts to get really extra juicy. Okay. Um, <laughs> We're like a juicy, though. So we like a juicy here. We're going straight into the juice pool. <laughs> so yeah, so I so the first um, actually this is this was a big this was a big milestone. I want to we'll, we'll call it about six weeks into my practice of doing the self pleasure practice every day and really being present with like all the feelings and all the shame and all the guilt and all of the stories and all that stuff. Um, I started to feel physical pleasure in the deeper parts inside my vagina, right? So and in all these different places, I've been doing de-armoring uh, and and conscious energetic work and tying in that spiritual and energetic and like the physical together. And there was one, the first time that we had sex and I had an orgasm internally, he was so excited. He was like, I'm the man, you know, but he knew that I'd been doing this work with myself. And he's been so grateful ever since that I, that I've been doing this work with myself, consciously working with my sexual energy and my body. Um, but that was such a special moment, that first time. And for, 
over 10 years of marriage at that point, right? Imagine that we have only ever had an experience of this level of pleasure doing certain things. And so to experience something different when all this time I had this story in my head that I can't do that. Like my body doesn't do that. Uh, I'm not one of those women. Um, and I started and I had that experience. That was just the beginning of a whole lot of really fun stuff. So physically, so much more pleasure during sex. Also emotionally, I, I was so much more open because I was more connected with myself and I could feel and experience and actually receive the love from him instead of experiencing his giving as a means of extracting from me. Uh, even though that one can be very, very subtle, right? It can be very sneaky. Um, and I started to want sex a lot more. <laughs> so I was to, just wanted it all the time because what pleasure begets more pleasure. And one of the stories that I had too, beginning my practice was, well, if I'm doing this to myself, then I'm never going to want it with him because I'm going to be satisfied. But it was literally the opposite because the feminine is insatiable, right? Like we just, we're meant to be just ever expanding. And so that there's no end to that and pleasure begets more pleasure. And, um, so that he was, uh, also very, very happy about that. I actually had to, he had to slow down a little bit, <laughs> but I need to take some breaks. Um, but really the biggest thing was that sense of aliveness and that feeling of coming home to myself and coming home to my body. Um, and from there deepening my spiritual practices through my physical practices and together too, not just by myself anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Together as, as a partnership in your relationship. Yes. Yeah. And in sex. Both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that piece around deepening the physical intimacy, but then also, you know, I think what the feminine often yearns for also is that depth in emotional intimacy with your partner. Like, yes, feeling more physical pleasure, but also like having that deep emotional connection with your partner. And so in in your relationship, or even if you want to speak to some of, you know, the clients or couples that you've worked with, how has, you know, this this erotic aliveness and like you as the feminine being opening up to your own pleasure how has that allowed for more intimacy and connection in your partnership oh that's great that's a great question okay so for me it's all tied in together um i know i hear from a lot of women that say that they don't feel the sexual desire unless they feel emotionally connected and i'm 100 percent that as well <laughs> but and so is my husband and so, which, which is not that rare for men, actually, for men to feel like they want that connection. Ultimately, it's difficult to, uh, for the desire to thrive and, and, and really bloom in a place where self, where acceptance doesn't exist. And so if there's that resistance, if there's that tension, if there's that emotional distance, a lot of human beings find it really difficult to just have sex. For the sake of having sex so the more that i connected with my own emotions and allowed myself to have emotions a that was a really big step i didn't realize how much i had not been doing that my whole life before that um, but the more space i created for that and just to have a human experience and be more comfortable in that and to be present in the discomfort of those emotions 
that served me majorly in my relationship because then when he's in uncomfortable emotions, he's having a difficult time, I don't need to fix him. I don't need to save him. I don't need to give him answers and solutions and, and try to talk him out of his feelings. He gets to have that and I get to be a part of that and just witness that um, and vice versa. So the more that we can do that for ourselves, the more we can do that with our partners. And the more trust and safety we have with each other, the more desire can actually live in that space. And then all that fun stuff that the sexual problems are just the symptoms. Mm. People often come to me for the sexual problems. And that's just, that's just like right here on the surface. That's what you're seeing now as a result of whatever's happening on a deeper level, a lack of trust and safety and connection and real intimacy. Yeah. What are some of those, those deeper emotional disconnects or maybe, maybe it is rooted in trauma because I know that's a big part of your work. What, what are some of these deeper patterns that you see that can create some of the sexual disconnect or the, that like numbness or feeling, yeah, disconnected from pleasure? Well, a big one for sure that I've seen in my own journey and in so many other women is that feeling of distrusting their own bodies, feeling ashamed of our own bodies. And it's not even like we know it's a big feeling of shame. Like, uh, I'm a woman. Oh my God, I'm horrible. No, it's feeling unsafe in our bodies. Just inherently in our culture too. A lot of women outside of the religious context feel that, um, they don't want to start something they can't finish. They don't want to touch their husbands because then they have to follow through all the way and be penetrated, you know? And these, these things, if we don't trust ourselves and ultimately we don't have a trust in something bigger than us in the divine to speak to us and to guide us, that, that is, um, definitely a big one. Um, but what else gets in the way as far as relationally is that lack of acceptance. When you feel like you have to be someone else in order to belong in quotation marks over here, that's a pattern we relive from our childhood, right? So there's a lot, there are a lot of these things that, yes, like you said, our trauma, um, the background, there's that trauma. And so it's important to have that understanding from in my opinion. Um, however, there's even so much more than that. There's, there are things that are happening in our nervous system. And there's also things that are happening um, very, you know, in our unconscious minds, things that we don't have memories of, but our bodies remember, this is how to do this. This isn't safe. This is what love looks like. This is what a relationship looks like. Attachment wounds, things like that, all these different things. So many layers. But ultimately, if you just, the more that we come home to ourselves and who we really are, and we remember, it's never about fixing, it's about releasing and remembering. And we're going to have more, um, more possibility of showing up more our, ourselves. And the more real we can be in our relationships and let ourselves be seen in that, and the more we are accepted as that, it's like, yeah, that trust and that safety that is usually lacking in a relationship that's having a, a fragmented sex life, let's say, mm -hmm. that begins to get restored. And I think it's a little more challenging perhaps for people who have been together for a long time to unlearn the patterns that they've had together and create something new, but it is possible. That's literally what we have done. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's such an important message to to remind people of that, you know, this deeper work can be done in partnership with others or with, with your partner and that it is possible to change these patterns. And like you said, when there's those, those deeper patterns that are not just your own patterns, but now there's p- patterns in your relationship, like there's, there's some work to be done, but it, but it's totally possible. Yeah. And it doesn't happen yeah. overnight. People look at my content and they're like, oh, if only I had a person like this. No. Okay. We've, <laughs> we've been married. It'll, it'll be 17 years later this year. And wow. It was a long ass journey. Okay. This is, but, but I will say that we were both in it, you know, even when he wasn't actively doing the work, even knowing what that even meant, he was open. He wanted more. There was something like there was a willingness to just, he wasn't shut down. Even if on the external level, he was shut down. There was always this something that I felt like burning from him that was like, you do you and 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 we'll see what happens here and we liberate each other all the time that's just how this dance of union works i love that we liberate each other all of the time and yeah that that openness and willingness from your partner i think that's such a key when it comes to to personal growth there's a difference when someone's really shut down and not open and like you can't can't do the dance by yourself right so that that piece of willingness, I think, is so important. What you were talking about about that safety, it's like when we don't feel that safety, it's really hard to be vulnerable and to let ourselves be seen and to express and be our authentic selves when that that safety isn't there within us and within the relationship. Yeah. Although there is a point in a lot of relationships, and there's certainly happening in ours, where I and, and he has done this as well in different seasons, but to make the decision to open before it even feels safe to do so. And that is for me, like I open it for me because for me to live with a closed heart or to live like shut down. Now there is a difference between this obviously, and maybe not obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be saying this, but there is a difference between the, what I'm talking about and allowing uh, someone allowing themselves to be abused, for example. Like that's, that's an entirely different situation here. What I'm talking about is if one partner is emotionally more shut down or, or just not willing to open yet, it does does not, like, it does does not serve anybody for the other person to, let's say me, to also shut down. Why? Why am I to stay safe, to be more comfortable? Because I'm afraid that, um, if I open and I'm vulnerable, I'm going to get hurt. But at the same time, that's the only way that I'm going to experience love from anywhere, from the universe, from myself. So that decision to open, open to love and be a fully feeling human being is one of the most valuable practices in a way of life for anybody who, who wants to like live fully alive. And something's going to change in the other, something will shift in that person. Something will get activated or triggered. It might be uncomfortable and messy, but it can't not impact them in some way, whether, even if it's not immediately, you being, you know, in your full vibrant essence alive, it can't not shift the energy. You're you're ripple, you're creating these ripples and you don't do this so that they will change. No, because that's not genuine. That's manipulation. 
mm-hmm. you do this for you and you do this because this is an expression of who you are. Anyways, kind of a tangent, but it's, I feel like it's important to also point that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leaning into that when it feels scary to open and and not waiting just until it you know it feels easy because it is uncomfortable to stay open when you're afraid or when you're not sure how the other person is going to to respond to what you share or who you're being it's like yeah that can feel that can feel really scary and that's how we grow that's how we evolve right yes mm-hmm. yeah leaning into those edges yeah, and there was one more one more piece that I wanted to to bring into this conversation today and and really kind of playing with these dynamics of polarity within partnership and intimacy between the feminine and the masculine and and specifically what I'd love to hear your perspective of is around this concept of like surrender, right? As a feminine being surrendering and and what that might look like in the context of of connection with your with your partner and yeah I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that yeah I think that it is a little bit misguided often mm-hmm. yeah just the way that we talk about surrender because we we confuse the beauty and the just the exquisiteness that surrender is with like oh I can't make any of my own decisions now I need to just completely you know, hand the reins over to you. To me, the way that I see it is it all, it, it, it's the inner union first. And for us to individually come into union with this divine, right? So there it's, it's not, um, now I don't need to make any of my own choices and I'm just going to follow your lead because the feminine needs to follow the masculine's lead. Um, I think there's so much more nuance than what we could possibly grasp in teachings on social media, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, there are big, important truths in it all. Like, yes, absolutely. And as much as uh, a feminine being can enjoy the experience of surrender, which is, again, so exquisite. <laughs> Love it. Um, what I'm surrendering to is not him. It's this divine energy, this love. I'm surrendering to love. Like, literally, that's it. And he is like a representation of that. So in sex, let's say in a particular container of a sexual experience, and I get to ex- I get to experience that surrender, I am experiencing the divine through him in this physical flesh. And it's also important, I feel, to point out that he wants that just as much as I do. I know that not every man or mad, mad, uh, male imbo- embodied uh, person will feel that same way. But um, that experience of surrender, I believe, is something that all human beings crave. We want to know that we are held and we are safe and we are loved and we are accepted and cherished and all of those things. Um, I work with a lot of men as well. And um, that's a, a big theme is they feel burdened by their responsibility they want to be more masculine they feel like you know their women say i want you to be more masculine i want you to provide and they want to be provided for too they want to be able to chill they want to be able to enjoy life um so yeah when i when i think of the polarity i think there's a lot of or surrender which is what we were talking about specifically 
um, to me, it's not even a matter of polarity. It's a matter of union with, it's coming into union with the divine, coming into inner union, our own feminine and masculine energies. If I cannot trust my own masculine capacity, let's put it this way, until I could, I couldn't trust his. Until I could trust spirit to speak to me and give me that direction and guide me and awaken my intuition and bring all of these feminine and masculine traits into this beautiful harmony. I couldn't trust Ryan's direction. I couldn't trust him to hold me in a space for me to surrender. Kink has been a really powerful container practicing that surrender for both of us. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that, that inner union Without that, it doesn't matter how much polarity work you do. You could, something's going to be missing. It's going to feel like something's missing. Yeah. And then the beautiful thing is you can turn on that, that go into more of those polarized roles, let's call it, um, more naturally as an expression of who you are. Yeah. Yeah, I think that oftentimes this concept of surrender can often get confused with like being submissive or being mm -hmm. like being in a disempowered state where you're letting someone else be in control and you don't you don't you're not in your power, right? But there's actually something so powerful in the dynamics when it's coming from that place of inner trust and divine union within yourself, right? When it's coming from that place, when you intentionally choose the surrender and the submissive role, if that's what you're playing with, whether you're a male or female in, in those, you know, settings, it's like that is actually instead of disempowering or giving your power away, it it's so powerful to be able to choose that. And it, yeah. it's also really, you know it's vulnerable to be in that space of, of being submissive. And we all want to let go of control. Like, let's just be real. Yeah. I know we, yeah. yeah, but it's exhausting to always be in control. It's like, I always say like, okay, well, I'm like, you know, in, in the leadership role in my business and in my life. And, you know, I don't want to always be that in my relationship. Sure. There's times yeah. where I want to step into that and choose that. But like, we all want play, playing with it. Mm -hmm. It's not a burden or an obligation, even in business. You know, even that, with that, you know, when we're creating, um, that when I made the decision to live surrendered, just period, period, and in everything, that's when life began to to just work out <laughs> so much better, um, with so much more ease. And I think that when we hear these words like feminine ease and flow and surrender, we just don't get like the oh, like the meat of it, you know. And until we're really in this daily practice of opening our hearts and trusting that our masculine is going to step in and flow and do its thing when it needs to. And that our feminine has that containment from our masculine to just play and explore and create. Um, so otherwise it's always like we're switching from being burdened and responsible to, Oh, now I get to play instead of like all of life is a big dance. It's a big erotic dance and you feel so good in all of it. And there's, I feel like we could just do a whole thing just on that and, and how it applies to business, but it's very much like, it's all relational. It's our relationship to our lovers, our relationship to the divine, our relationship to our inner, all these different parts of us, our relationship to our business, our relationship to social media. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thank you for for presencing that that it really does show up in in all of these different aspects, and it it does begin with our relationship with self and the divine and our own pleasure. And so I think that there's so much power in the work that you do to support both women and men in in reclaiming their their sexual sovereignty, reclaiming their their liberation and their aliveness, and how that then impacts and infuses into all aspects of of our lives so i'm really grateful for for the work that you do and and the way that you teach and i just gotta say your 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 social media presence is just so so fun i love the way that you teach and i love yeah the the humor that you bring in and the the unique way that you you share your expression i think is just it's really powerful and really impactful so so thank you for the work that you're doing yeah thank you thank you yeah, that's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I just get to show up and see what's there, what's alive. Okay, share this. Half the time it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just like, well, here it is. I mean, not the <laughs> words, but just why, why, the why. Yeah. I don't need to know why. I just know that this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I get a lot of feedback that's like, oh, this is the perfect timing for me to hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's brilliant and it's entertaining and yeah, I absolutely love it. So. For our listeners who want to connect with you on social media, where can they find you? Um, well, on Instagram, I'm under Lucy Lampy, and on TikTok, I'm at Lucy Lampy Official. Um, and then updated things, current news, things like that, courses are on my website at lucylampy.com. Beautiful and. Are there any courses that you would recommend for our listeners, you know, to, to begin with or like what, what, what do you feel like sharing? Yeah. As a next step for, for our listeners. Yeah. So out of the, I think I'm getting ready to launch my eighth, 18th course. Wow. But, you know, so there's, there's something in there for all, all different parts of the journey, um, shadow work, inner child healing, intimacy, eroticism, dirty talk, you know, very specific things. But I would recommend beginning with the self-pleasure course. Um, definitely, number one, like that. It's called Come As You Are. Um, and that one, all of them have lifetime access. So if somebody starts and then they're like, oh, life happened, whatever comes up, you you don't have, like, you're not going to be booted out. You're going to have it forever. Um, so that would be my number one recommendation. Number two would be really the Wild Eros, which is an, uh, going deeper into the embodiment of the Wild Feminine. That's actually launching in late May. Um, I'm doing pre-registration right now, but come as you are. Definitely that one. That one first. Beautiful. Amazing. Well, we're going to link your website and your Instagram and all the goodies to the show notes from today so everyone can find you. And thank you again so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a very sacred and special place. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you found value from this conversation, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. I always love hearing from you. Send me a message. Let me know your takeaways. Also, I have a beautiful free gift for you. If you have not already downloaded the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, 
It is a 20 minute audio guide for you to listen to in the morning to start your day feeling empowered and embodied. You can find the link for that recording in the show notes. And lastly, if you are a regular listener here and you enjoy this podcast, I invite you to leave a rating and a review. This is the best way to support this podcast in reaching more women around the world. To leave a rating and a review, you can scroll down on the podcast app on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes and leave a quick review to share what you love most about this podcast and how it has impacted your life. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next Monday for another episode of The Feminine Frequency.